0: So good to be back again. I think I was there in March or so. Yeah, the last time I was there, but it's, it's always good. I've been to all the sites. I normally go around all the sites. You'll be seeing, I don't know whether you'll be seeing more of me in September, October, November, because I'm going for a leg operation in the middle of September. I'm due to be here in September. So if you don't know me... Uh, my name is Kofo Bolarin, and I've been part of this church for over 21 years. Uh, I used to be a physio, and I went on an adventure with God, and I let, left my physio, um, and I'm working here full-time. So God has been so, so good to me. Uh, <clears throat> there was somebody I was so, so close to. Did I, one of my one of the closest person I've, I've known, my mom, who introduced me to Jesus, um, who really loved me, who, you know, I hold so many things to my mom, you know, selfless mom. So my mom went to be with Jesus at age 81 in April. So I had to go for a burial um, about two or three weeks ago and uh, it delayed a bit because I had some other things going on I had some other programs which I had to attend to so by the time we were ready, they didn't have time in the church Uh, so it took a bit of a long time so I was preparing to go a week before the uh, burial Um, so I was to go on Friday before the barrier was to be the next Friday, and uh, there were some of you heard about it who prayed for me, who uh, encouraged me, I mean, gave me words of comfort, very generous, some people visited me, and I appreciate the Church of God for that all over the sites. Uh, and the love that was shown to me was unparalleled. Uh, so I thank the Church, I thank the family of God's people for that. So as I was getting ready to go, I have a favorite airline, Air France. Uh, I love Air France. And I'll tell you the reason why I loved Air France. Last year, I went to Nigeria also. And uh, I'm a Fly Blue customer. And I didn't even know the privilege I had. So when I got to the airport, the lady said... It should be upgraded to premium, premium something, <laughs> economy. I said, me, I don't know. She upgraded me for free. Something that should, that should cost me probably another two hundred or two fifty quid, and I got it for free. Wow, premium economy is so good. <laughs> the legroom is so large. Can you see? You know, you had your own headphone, different from the ones they give you in economy. As soon as we sat and they gave us drinks. You know, we were treated specially. I feel so loved. <laughs> and I said to myself, wow, this is the airline. I will promote you. You know, for doing this, I'm going to advertise you. You're a good airline. My wife flew with Air France before, but she didn't have a very good report about them. But I said, no, they are quite good. Look at the way they treated me for free. And when I got to Nigeria, you know what they did? Instead of you to queue, you know, uh, to get your luggage, they actually got your luggage for you. In fact, your luggage would be the first they would park and uh, all you need to do is just go get your luggage. And welcome, sir. Yeah, I was treated so specially. So I said, this time around, I'm going to fly with Air France because I know they will treat me so well. And I was so happy looking forward to it. At least before I get home, before I begin to cry, you know, let me at least enjoy my flight to Nigeria. So I was to leave Manchester on Friday, 6 a.m., and then get to Lagos, 7.30 in the evening, and I was to travel from Lagos, Lagos to Ilorin, it's like from London to Manchester. Um, Travel from Lagos to Ilorin on Saturday, then begin to meet people, begin to meet uh, The pastors that will be in charge, organize some things, and just begin to walk before the barrier. So, the journey from Manchester to Paris was lovely. Like I told you, you want to fly premium economy. So, as soon as we landed in Paris, I just got a text. Your flight to Lagos has been canceled. The next flight is on Monday. It's like three days later. I've got a barrier to attend to. I've got some people to see. Why would you cancel my flight? And it was chaotic. We had to be on the queue for almost three hours. They were looking for another airline to take us because I had to tell them, look, I have to be in Lagos. I have to be in Nigeria as soon as possible. So eventually, they transferred me to Ethiopian Airlines. So I had to fly at 11pm when I should be in Lagos sleeping, snoring, and resting. So we had to leave Paris at 11pm, fly to Ethiopia 9 hours, stayed in Ethiopia for about 4 hours, then flew from Ethiopia to Nigeria another 4 hours. So I eventually got to Lagos, almost two days later. Can you see how I was treated by here, France? <laughs> and I was so disappointed. How can you treat me like this? Especially when I need to go and there are so many things I need to do. There are so many people who are waiting for me. In fact, my presence means a lot to so many people. And I have to arrange some things. If they don't see me, there are some things. In fact, we've not even collected the death certificate because I had to be there physically. So... I got to Lagos. Guess what? My luggage didn't arrive. I didn't, my hand luggage, I only took my Bible and a few things. This would be the first time in my life that I wouldn't shave for three, four days because my toiletries, my clothes, my shoes, everything was in the luggage. Guess what? My luggage didn't arrive until the day before the burial. So the money I didn't intend to spend, I had to go and buy some clothes. I already had clothes, but I had to buy some clothes, you know, toiletries, new things. Oh, everything was just turned upside down. Wow, I said, what What am I going to do? Then I got a scripture. So that's what we are going to be looking at today. When you face challenges in life and in ministry, what should you do? Somebody said, there are three things happening in your life at one point in time or the other. Those three things could be happening at the same time, or it could be the two of them, it could be one of them. What is the first thing? You are going through a challenge right now. Two, you might not be going through a challenge right now, another challenge is about to come in. Or you are just living a challenge. So it's either a challenge is about to come in, you are going through a challenge, or another one is going out. Or you can actually be facing those three things at the same time. As soon as you are dealing with a challenge, another one is coming. We face challenges in life every time. It could be when you are driving in the morning and the driver just crosses your path. Or it could be your manager. It could be in school while you are reading, and it, it appears as if you are just reading one page for one hour. You know, people, people will upset you. There are challenges in life. And you are saying, as a Christian, but you pray, you read your Bible, you love God. The first thing I want to say to Ross is, God doesn't insulate us from challenges in life. In fact, Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. There are challenges, there are difficulties, there are hardships that we face in life. So, for me, this was a big challenge. The money I didn't intend to spend, I had to spend the money the people I had to meet, I had it. I, I, there was a delay. My luggage didn't arrive. Everything was just turning upside down. I arrived in Nigeria two days later, and I had to and I had to bury my mom on Friday. So while I was going through all this, I got a scripture, Proverbs. I don't know. Will you be able to read the Bible without light? I don't know. I, please, I want us to look read the Bible together I'm somebody that believes in the word of God and I want you to read it rather than somebody telling you you're able to read it yourself and you're able to say well is this word for me I want to see God let something happen to me I want your word to work in my life so Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10 in ESV version Proverbs 24 verse 10 Yeah. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So I'm beginning to see that the problem is not adversity. The problem is not difficulty. Of course, it's a big problem. It's not hardship. It's not temptation. What God is saying for us as believers is strength. And it appears to me as if the strength you need for adversity is not like a fire brigade approach strength. You must have acquired that strength in order to combat the adversity. Are you you following me? So it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It means your strength should be strong enough every point in time to confront difficulties, adversity. And you know what I did immediately? I said, God, you are in control. One translation New Living Translation says, if you faint under pressure, your strength is too small. Another translation says, if you faint when under pressure, you have need of courage. Wow. In physics, I don't know. I'm sure some of us are into science. In physics, there's something called resilience. I don't know whether you've heard about that before. To be resilient is to have a capacity to withstand pressure, to withstand difficulty and not collapse, buckle, and yield into that pressure. That's resilience. What is resilience? It's like When you are being compressed, when you are being squeezed, when you are bent and stretched, but you don't yield to the pressure of all those strains, and you develop an elasticity that sort of cushions the stretching. And after that force or pressure is gone, you bounce back to your normal position. That's the meaning to be resilient. Those are the kind of men and women God is looking for. Both in life and ministry. People, what is it to be resilient? Is to have an, you know, (laughs) um, when you have a substance or a matter that you hold and you just break it. In physics, they call it brittle. That metal, that substance is brittle. It just yields to pressure. But when that substance is resilient, no matter the amount of force you put into it, you can bend it. It will appear as if it's bending. It will come back. To be resilient is to have an internal, an intrinsic capacity to withstand any pressure, to withstand any hardship, not buckle in, not yield to the adversity, but you still keep going. You develop an elasticity over a unit area per unit time. Wow. So when you calculate resilience in, 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 in physics, is the amount of strain and stress you apply to a substance over a unit period in a unit time. Let me give you an example. You know those elastic bands? Somebody must have an elastic band here in this in this meeting. Does anybody have an elastic band? Okay. Oh, you see? You see, I know, thank you. So what is the meaning of resilience? You see this shape and size of this elastic band. You pull it, you squeeze it, but it still bounces back. That's the meaning of resilience. You squeeze it round and then you, you 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 pull it, but when you let go, it bounces back to its normal shape. That's the kind of Christian God is looking for. People who have strength inside to combat, to face adversity. People who say, I know God said I will heal the sick. For two years, I've been trying it. Nobody got healed while I was praying for them. They will still not buckle under the pressure of disappointment, they will keep saying, no, God told me. And I know God is in me. I know the Holy Spirit is in me. One day I know this God will not fail me. I will not fail. I will keep going. You see, in Texas, there was an hurricane in 2008. It's called Hurricane Ike. It was reported that it was the 6th or 7th most deadliest hurricane in America, in Texas. It caused a lot of destruction. I think over 10,000 people died. Over 100,000 homes were destroyed. And it affected the economy of Texas. It affected oil, fishery. So, So many industries had to close. It took many years before they recovered. But there was a guy, you will see at the coastline, can you see the destruction? But in the middle, you will see something like, it's blue. Go to the next slide, please. But there was a guy in Guild, Christ who designed his house purposely to resist flood water. That was the only house that survived. But do you know, he didn't build his house He didn't design it when the hurricane was coming. (laughs) He knew that the hurricane might come one day. Let me build my house. Let me lay a very strong foundation. I want this house to withstand flood. That was the only house that stood still. So when I'm talking about strength and resilience, I'm talking about a virtue of life. That is developed regularly and constantly. It is not developed when there is adversity. And it doesn't yield to pressure or strain because you already know that there will be problems. Jesus himself said, In this world there will be tribulations. John chapter 16, verse 33. But he said, Don't be worried. Because I've overcome the world. Now, let me talk about the source of strength. Are you following me? Are you following me? Because we need to know, if the Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What is this strength I'm talking about? And where do we get it? In order for us to face each day adversity, every day adversity, To be honest with you, we are all going through challenges at one point in time or the other. And you know what I discover about challenges? They don't give you warning. (laughs) They don't say, "I'll, I'll come and visit you in two months. Be ready. It just happens automatically. And you see, the challenge can come from anywhere. It can come from anybody. Sometimes it can come from your best friend. Sometimes it can come from your neighbor. It can come from anywhere. Even in the church, it could come from anybody. It could come from the steward. It could even come from the minister, for the person who is preaching who doesn't know you, but you just think this person is just, is just saying something to you. Shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> Challenges come in life. But as Christians, what do we need to do? So I think that's what I want to focus the remaining part on. So let's read Isaiah. So we need to read again. Isaiah chapter 42, Isaiah chapter 42, from verse 1 to verse 4, Isaiah chapter 42 from verse 1 to verse 4, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight, I will put my spirit on him, please look at those three things I want to quickly talk about. God is saying, it was referring to Jesus. It was a prophecy about Jesus. but well, I, I know it's to us. Look at this confidence. You are my servant. You are my chosen one. I will uphold you. I delight in you. That was why I gave my life for you. So when we were singing that song, I was so happy. Where is the brother who led us out? Oh. I was as excited as you because i I know I was. I'm, I'm free. His death makes him to delight in me, to be interested in me. And he said, "I will put my spirit." It's not that I will struggle to go and look for his spirit. <laughs> you know, some, some people struggle in my Christian life. It's not about struggling. I'm not looking for the Holy Spirit. Chasing him about, and as I'm running after him, he's just running away. Mm, He said, I will, he himself will put his spirit on me. Why would I not want him to put his spirit on me? Wow. And he will bring justice to the nations. He will fulfill a purpose. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smothering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. Verse 4 is what I like. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. Let me read it in amplified version, verse 4. I like the amplified version. It says, he will not fail. Or become weak. Or be crushed. And discouraged. Till he has established justice in the earth. Are you beginning to see that some people will make him to fail? Things will happen to want to crush him, compress him, make him weak. Make him discouraged. Are Are those not the things that happens? Are those things not what happens to us? God says you will not fail. God says you will not be discouraged. You will not be crushed. Why? Because he himself is the one that will uphold us. He delights in us. And he will put his spirit upon us. Let me read another Bible passage. Don't don't worry. I'm going to round off. We are looking at the source of this strength. Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31, yes. It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength. (laughs) Are you beginning to see the source of strength? He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fail. But those who hope in the Lord. Did you see what we need to do before adversity comes? It's like he's assuring us that when it comes to strength, I will give strength and power to you. But what you need to do is to hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord, what will happen? They will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let's read it in Amplified Version. Verse 31. It says, but those who wait for the Lord. So what does it mean to wait for the Lord? Who expect, who look for and hope in him. Those who connect with God, who look to him, who trust in him, what will he do? It says, shall change and renew their strength. Wow, 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 wow. Quickly, let me say this. I discovered that Jesus faced adversity. You know there was a time, a blind man, he was healing a blind man. And he lays his hand on the blind man. And he told the blind man, can you see? The man said, yes, I can see. But I see men walking like trees. Jesus said, I'm going to pray for you again. Can you imagine if Jesus had failed or fainted once and did not pray for that guy again, that guy would just be seeing people like trees. Ministry of trees. So he had to pray again. I'm telling you, when it appears as if your prayer was half-answered, That's not the time for you to buckle and say, this God is not a good God. Why is he not answering my prayers? I'm not even going to that meeting again. I'm not going to connect group. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged. You tell me about God, God, God. Even Jesus faced that situation. There was another time he called his three friends, Peter, James, and John. He said, let's go. Come and pray with me. So He said, I know you can pray. So he took them. So as they got to this place, to this month, said, you wait here. I believe you'll be praying for me. So he went to another place. And he was praying. As soon as Peter, James, and John, they said, where is he? Has he gone? We can't see him. They just started sleeping and snoring. Can you imagine your loyalists? People you call your friends that you depended on that should be praying for you at a time when you were exceedingly sorrowful, they disappointed you. He went back again to go and talk to them. You are sleeping. You don't know what I'm going through. So even people that Jesus relied on, when they disappointed him, what did he do? You know what I like? Luke chapter 22, verse 43 says, Let's, let's read it. Because you would think that it didn't happen to Jesus. Luke chapter 22. Verse 43. The Bible says. An angel from heaven. Appeared to him. And what did he do? And strengthened him. When he was praying. But do you know that was not the first time Jesus was praying. He's been used to pray for himself. In the day of adversity, we need strength to combat. It's not the time for us to be discouraged. So, Amplified Bible says, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, shall change. I like the word change and renew their strength. How many of you drive a car here? Let me see. Do you know that after you've driven for 10,000 miles, averagely, you need to go and change your engine oil? You know why? The viscosity of the engine oil has become thin so that it cannot withstand the internal friction of the engine. It is not when the engine could not work again. That's not when you say, ah, let me go and change the engine oil. You go and change the engine oil regularly. Brothers and sisters, we need to be changing our engine oil regularly in order to combat adversity. So the Bible says when you wait on the Lord, when you trust in him, it will change your viscosity. (laughs) It will renew your viscosity in order for you to keep moving. Troubles, hardship, adversity is not to make us crumble or buckle. What do we need? We need strength to combat it. Now, I'm looking at two sides of strength. You know, the Bible says it will give strength. I like that. It will give us power. It will give us grace. It will give us wisdom. The Bible says, do you lack wisdom? Ask from God. It will give us anointing. It will give us peace. I thank God because he will do that. But you know what I now noticed? Let me read Psalm 46. I'm reading loads of Bible passages today. Psalm 46. Because I want you to get what I'm about to say, which will make a lot of difference in your christian work in your work with god psalm 46 verse 1 it says god is our refuge and strength an ever present help in trouble please look at this i thank god that when i need strength it will give me strength that is okay But what I want to talk about is this strength I'm talking about is God himself. (laughs) Since God is our strength. It's not about looking for seven things to get strength. Let your relationship, let your love for God be strong. You keep on renewing your strength. You keep on, you know, God himself becomes your capacity to withstand adversity. God is our strength. God is our refuge. I like that. When I have God inside me, I should be able to confront any situation in my life. Why? Because God is with me. That's why when we talk about love, love, Lovers loving others. The lover part actually strengthens you to combat adversity. Creates a capacity in you, an elasticity in you, for you not to crumble under adversity. Why? Because you know that this God is your God. He's a faithful God. He said, I am your hammer. And I'm your protection. And I'm going to help you in your time of need. So, you know, we look at... Last Bible passage I want us to look at. Before I'll, I'll, I'll finish. And then we're going to pray together. You know, we talked about we should put on the old armor of God. I like that. And there are components. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. You know, the shoe of the gospel. And sometimes we want to take that one by one. Please, let's take it one by one. Let's meditate on it. The slide for putting on the hammer of God. The next one. Yes. In Ephesians 6, verse 10. Please, let's read it together. This is the last Bible passage I'm going to read. I want to read before we close. Ephesians 6, verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not occasionally. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, verse 11 says, Put on the full armor of God. When you put on the full armor of God, and when you read Psalm 91 verse 4, it says this God is faithful faithful promises. They are our armor and protection. It says, put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It's to stand. It's not to beg the devil. It's not to be discouraged. It's not to start crying. It's not to say, well, my life is over. This God doesn't answer prayer. He doesn't answer all prayers. He can only answer a few prayers. Why will He allow me to be going through this adversity? So that you will stand. I know you want to take the sheet of faith. You want to read the Bible. You know you want to move mountain. No. The fourth thing He says when you put on God Himself, when you put on His armor, It's for you to first of all stand. It's not for you to faint. It's not for you to buckle. It's not for you to collapse. It's for your elasticity. He himself is your elasticity and your capacity to withstand any problem. So he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12. I love that. He now says, actually what you are fighting against is greater than you. It's not people, it's not flesh and blood. He says, for our struggle, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Can you see the people we are fighting against? People who have more authority than us. Rulers. People who have power in dark places. The Bible says, wicked spirit. They are very wicked. Do you know, sometimes as students, you think, why is this supervisor always pulling me down? In class, he will point to me and just tell me about my weakness. Why is it only me? Sometimes you say, why is my supervisor just always saying this? Why is it that I've been praying for years and my finances, are, are the, it hasn't improved? But now see what the Bible says after that. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Why? So that when the day of evil comes, the day of adversity you may be able to stand your ground. It's not for you to faint. So we put on God, who is our strength, in order for us to stand. It's not for us to run. It's not for us to start begging. It's not for us to be discouraged. It's not for us to faint. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, did you say again, stand. God is our strength. My brothers and sisters, I don't know what you are going through today. It could be for your life. It could be in ministry. It could even be in your work with God. Certain things look confusing. And you are saying, God says, if I ask him for wisdom, he will give me wisdom. I thank God for that. But do you know the Bible says Jesus is the wisdom and power of God? All I just do, my brothers and sisters, is to connect with God every day, is to know Him more. He says, if any of you, if you hear my words and you put it into practice, you are like that person who built his house on a rock. Why? Rain will come. Flood will come. Storm will arise. But that house will never fall. Let me tell you, rain will come. The sun sometimes comes. There will be storm. But what Jesus is saying is, come to me. I am your strength. I want us to pray this evening. I want to pray for those that you feel you are going through adversity. Some of them you can't, even, you can't even disclose it to people. Sometimes you have even disclosed it to people several times for several weeks, several months, several years. You are tired of saying it to anybody. We are going to pray today. We are going to see God at work. But what I want to say is, keep on developing your strength in God Daily. Keep on looking unto God because He's the one that will renew your strength, in order for you to combat the devil's schemes. So I just I, I believe I'm at liberty. The Holy Spirit is here for me to pray for those who are going through one thing or the other, and God is going to come through for you. You are going through a challenge that sometimes we are tired of saying it to anybody. Some of us, it might not even be a personal challenge. It could be a challenge in the ministry. You want to do much more than what you are doing now. You want to see results. People saying God is good. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. But you have been praying at the name of Jesus, it doesn't appear as if any knee is bowed. And you are saying, well, let me just have a passive attitude. Some of us, we need to say God change my engine oil. This viscosity of the engine oil is thin. And that's what we want to do today. So please, i just like to pray. If you are there, please just rise up on your feet. We are praying together. We just pray that God, yes, will come through for us. You are our strength. We are going to stand. We are not going to buckle. We are not going to faint again. Thank you, Jesus. For those of us who are standing and we are saying we are looking up to you. You said those who look up to you, those who open the Lord, you will change, you will renew their strength. That's why we come to you today. And we are saying by your grace in your name because you love us and you delight in us and you died for us. God, we are saying all those challenges that have been coming our way, Lord God, we say today because we trust in you. We are not going to fail. We will not become weak. We will not become discouraged. But we will look up to to you, Lord God, because you are our strength. And I just speak to all those challenges now. The Bible says if you speak unto those mountains, be thou removed. The Bible says they will be cast into the sea. All those challenges that I cannot talk about. It could be personal, it could be ministry, it could be in in, in the family, it could be something, it could be health challenge, it could be finances. Lord God, I command all those challenges, all those mountains to be removed right now in Jesus' name. And I speak your peace unto your people. Peace that passes all understanding. God, I release wisdom for your people now. Wisdom to know what to do. Wisdom to keep on holding on. God, I release your grace. That's what you said. You said we should come to the throne of grace where we are going to find mercy and grace to help us in time of need. This is the time of need. We need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your power to come through for us right now because there is power in the name of Jesus. I therefore command all those chains to break right now and I speak the year of the Lord's favor unto your people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your people will walk in freedom because it was for freedom that Jesus Christ set us free. I speak freedom unto your people right now. Receive your healing right now. Receive your prosperity right now. Receive understanding. Receive clarity to know what to do next time. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.